Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode of The Winkly, the first of the week. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, joined here this Tuesday for a very special Tuesday. Usually Michael Weissman, uh-uh, not this Tuesday. Today, it's Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to The Winkly. This Tuesday, don't want none of this. Tuesday, Tuesday morning, dynamite. There we go. <laughs> Might get sued. I've heard that. I've heard that somewhere. Hey, he might get sued. <laughs> might get sued. I don't know. Trademark issues. We'll get to it here in a little while. Hey, you know what? That was an AEW joke, though, and uh, I could not be more thrilled. Uh, earlier this year, I put out word. You know, what are some hard to get interviews you guys would love to hear on the show? One of the names that was thrown out was Cody Rhodes, and lo and behold, here today on the show, you're going to get 20 minutes with the man himself, one of the executive vice presidents of AEW, Cody Rhodes, here on the show. Talking about all the top news of the day, plans for AEW. It's going to be a great interview. And at the end of the show, I'm going to announce tomorrow's guest, who is no, who is another big name AEW interview. So a lot of AEW stuff this week. Uh, very excited to have Cody on the show here later. Also, uh, last night, I don't know if you heard, we'll start off here in just a little bit um, with Roman Reigns. But yeah, Roman Reigns came back, had some big news, made a big speech uh, WWE was actually kind enough to send out the video and the audio of that speech uh, to Wrestling Inc. So we shared it over on YouTube. We shared it over on our Facebook page. And today here at the end of the show, at the very end of the show, after Justin and I close it down, we're going to play the full audio of Roman Reigns' return to Raw speech uh, from last night. So very cool. Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, both on the show here today. And uh, one thing I wanted to put over here at the top of the show uh, well, I'll bring it up here. I'll talk a little bit about more tomorrow. We have a lot to get into here today, so I don't really have the time to dig into the details. Uh, but we have a great piece on the site called Searching for Sister Abigail. It is a look at the trademark battle uh, over the name Sister Abigail between uh, WWE and an independent wrestler uh, named Tadovic uh, Hunyanen. I think I got her name right. Uh, but Tat, uh, Tat, Tat came to us wanting to tell her story about why she feels she'd have uh, the right to the Sister Abigail trademark. Uh, great piece written by one of our contributors, Will. 
looks not just into the state of the trademark, but also her story about why she feels like she she should get the trademark for Sister Abigail and, and be able to do with that uh, what she likes. So check that out. There's also an exclusive video in there showing her show displaying what she thinks Sister Abigail would have looked like had she been able to to carry it to WWE TV, like I guess was the plan at some point. Very cool piece. Definitely go check it out. It's called Searching for Sister Abigail. Uh, but let's get to the news here. News you can use. News that won't leave a bruise. This one was a very nice piece of news last night to start Monday Night Raw. Roman Reigns coming out, announcing that he is in remission after his uh, battle with leukemia. He came out later in the show to, uh, with Seth Rollins to help uh, Dean Ambrose from a four-on-one attack. Justin, what did you think about the way this was handled with Roman coming back and, and his big announcement? I, I thought it was great. I, I loved um, <clears throat> it. was such a powerful opening. I, I loved how the opening minutes of Raw, the, the commentators did not speak. Um, and because you didn't need to, there was nothing they could say that would better narrate what we were getting. I mean, but just the sound of his music, which, you know, music that we, we hear, we you know that at one point we were hearing so often. And then now we've gone how many months not hearing it when, well, as he's been gone. So we're hearing his music. We're seeing his reaction. Very genuine, as you could tell. Uh, you're hearing a sold out Atlanta crowd you're pretty much fully behind him. Uh, it, 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 it was just a such a powerful open um, to the show. Obviously great news uh, that, that he delivered. Um, and, and then, yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't, I thought that would be it. I, I did not in, in, in that opening scene, you know, he had his wedding ring on and such. And, you know, is that usually kind of a, <laughs> a sign? Okay. He's definitely not getting physical, but in fact, he of course co- comes back later in the show, uh, wedding ring off <laughs> ready to ready to throw a Superman punch and get involved with it. Um, which I, I wasn't expecting. And, I, and but it was a, but the, just that much more good news of, okay, you know, he's, he is truly in, in really good uh, continuing improving health uh, to the point to where, you know, maybe even for Fastlane, essentially, we might be seeing Roman Reigns in some kind of a, a team match. Yeah, I, you know, it was they, they didn't go the distance there with Dean Ambrose being involved in the Shield, right? It was only Seth that came out for that opening scene there. And then Seth and Roman came out to save Dean. But that whole thing felt weird, too, because Dean just kind of like, laid in the corner and didn't come to until after they'd already left the ring. And then Seth and, and Roman kind of looked back and they all smiled at each other. It was a little odd the way they handled the Ambrose stuff. I thought it, it, it was odd. Everything you're saying, I understand it, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a, so obviously of course, you, you know, number one priority in life is you, is you're happy if you're WWE that Roman Reigns is, 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 is getting, is doing better and, and is in remission. Obviously that's number one. But in a little bit of a way, it is a it does present a bit of a problem to WWE in a sense when it comes to Dean Ambrose, who you know as we're led to believe is is on his way out come April, um, because you know you know Reigns is back. It's a feel good story that he's back, of course, and you know it's natural to link him with Seth Rollins. Um, you know not, you know you're one of their top baby faces who has such a brother connection to Roman Reigns, and then you have Ambrose who you know if. If this, if, if if Ambrose was sticking around, and you know, if Ambrose had signed a new, you know, five-year deal or whatever it was, we're told that he was uh, turning down, then yeah, it's an easy thing. Okay, let's just let's, let's have a feel-good shields back together for again, or you know, you yeah. know, Roman's brothers are here for him. But you know, their perspective of what of, of how much stock do they want to put in Dean Ambrose on his way out? You know, that's 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 kind of being harmed right now. That's kind of that that's that's a, that's a tricky situation. So, um, you know. Roman Reigns being back is great, obviously, but it does put a little bit of a foil into 
probably how they would want to handle Dean Ambrose for the next six weeks. Well, and, and so what do you, so do you get the vibe? I get the vibe that Roman is back. He's like, the big dog is back. I get the vibe he's going to be wrestling. Like you say, you could see a potential fast lane match. I also could see a potential fast lane match. I mean, do you think he's, he's going to just start wrestling here pretty quickly? Yeah. I mean, I, they certainly laid the groundwork last night. They, I mean, you know, they, they, you know, it certainly looked like they laid the groundwork that we could see, you know, Rollins, Reigns, um, Kurt Angle, maybe Ambrose, uh, and then against uh, you know a, a Drew and a Corbin and whatever. I mean, so it certainly seems like that's the, that's where they're laying the foundation for that last night. Yeah, no, I I absolutely like I I I foresaw I, again. It was a little weird with how they handled the Ambrose stuff, but it's like yeah, a Shield reunion up against Corbin and Lashley and uh, uh, Corbin Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Um, at Fastlane, I mean, that that's a fun tee up there. Keep Seth away from Brock. Um, I could even see something where, like, Dean took the pin in that match, right? I mean, you could even, I mean, you know, who who is there for Roman Reigns to pair off with here right now going into WrestleMania? I don't really know. But, like, you know, if Dean's off the chain here or whatever and on the way out and does the honors for Roman at WrestleMania, you know, that's not a terrible story to tell. No, I mean, if you're asking if, if Roman Reigns is available and they're going to use him for WrestleMania, I think Baron Corbin might be that person because really, <clears throat> well, we'll think about it. Corbin, maybe. I mean, I'm not I, I, because think about this. Uh, well, a Corbin had the promo backstage, um, you know, really dissing Roman Reigns, disrespecting him, and everything. So sure. there's that. Um, it's also Roman or Baron Corbin is just such a you know he's just got such heat. You know, there's no there's no cool heel factor. So if you're WWE and you have Roman Reigns back and WWE gets, you know, kind of a little bit of a second chance, let's let's just let's just say it. They gotta get a second chance here with Roman Reigns from yeah. the perspective of the crowd is fully behind him, unfortunately due to scary real life circumstances, but nonetheless circumstances that it looks like he's overcome, they're behind him. Uh, we're not hearing the oh he's being forced down our throat stuff right now. Um, so they kind of have a second chance. So who's a perfect you know reintroduce opponent for him? Pick the guy that you don't have to worry about there being any crowd turn on. You know, there's not going to be any like swell of all oh, Baron Corbin's this cool heel. No, Baron Corbin is disliked. He gets a lot of booze. So that would be a safe opponent to put Roman Reigns up against uh, as, you, as, you're, as you're bringing him back into the fold. I'm not against it. I, I mean, I, I do like the idea. Um, but with Reigns, one of the things I saw brought up last night from fans that were like, you know, pointing out what you're pointing out, you know, this is their chance to reintroduce Roman Reigns here. Um, is it time for him to change up the look? I don't know about the music. I mean, the music seems still it, the music seems fine to me. Uh, but the look, do you think it's time to change up his look this time around? I mean, I, I've always thought that, that he, he was covered up more than I would think that he would be. Yeah. Um, I don't I, and I don't know what you know, I mean, he's got the, he's got the tattoos. I mean, I, I'm not sure what the I mean, obviously, we know what the origin of the wardrobe is. It's from the shield. Um, but yeah, he really hasn't evolved it much. He really hasn't changed. I mean, he's changed like the different colors and the, and the symbol and the vest and stuff like that, but it's always been the same kind of tactical SWAT gear look. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that would hurt. You know, I, I think the music is so synonymous with him and it's such a powerful entrance theme. I think the music should stay, but yeah, I, I think it would be worth exploring to kind of help uh, illustrate that this is a new chapter. Uh, and, and this is a, a triumphant return of the big dog. I think, I think doing some uh, alterations to his appearance, uh, wardrobe, ring gear wise, would would be would be fitting. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, talking about changing it up, uh, let's shift gears here. Ross starts with this incredible emotional moment, and it ends with Batista 
trying to kill Ric Flair backstage during the man's 70th birthday party. I mean, Sting was there. Ricky the Dragon was there. They built this. They made this title belt for him. They got this beautiful cake for for Ric Flair. You're all ready to go. Shawn Michaels is there. And then in the back, you know, at first when they cut to the back and they showed that guy grabbing him, the cameraman, I immediately said, is that Batista? I mean, I, I didn't know. I didn't read right before the show started what, what I guess we had reported on, on Wrestling Inc. Uh, about Batista supposedly being there. This caught me completely by surprise, which I loved. And, um, I mean, I'm on the hook, Justin. What do you think about how Raw ended with Batista and Ric Flair? Very well executed. You know, um, to, to have been building for weeks and weeks that they're having the 70th for Ric Flair, obviously <clears throat> none of us would have been surprised if it – if it was, you know, where they brought all these people out and literally Raw ended with, you know, Rick coming out, doing his shtick, woo, 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 you know, elbow dropping his jacket, and then maybe he gets interrupted by, you know, pick a heel. Becky Lynch, um, well, the whole thing, every, there's like every, the reason half the IWC is, is up in a, a twist right now is because it wasn't Becky Lynch who was the one to crash her nemesis Charlotte Flair's father's well, birthday party. Well, uh, well, that that even would have been cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, but uh, you know, but th- that only really works if Charlotte's there. Charlotte wasn't there; she was, you know, working a live event. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm saying, I- I'm saying that, like, it, I, I, you know, I would have not been surprised if it was as generic as, you know, feel good stuff with Rick, and you know, basically kind of like what happened, like after all, like uh, a Jinder Mahal or a Baron Corbin or some random heel just comes out, interrupts, and then you know, Ricky the Dragon chops them and Sting gives them a scorpion. You know, like, and, and then we go off the air, all happy 70th Ric Flair. Like, I really wouldn't have been surprised if that's how generic it was. But I am so glad that this was all done to establish a Mania match, to uh, make an impactful return for Batista, um, to, 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 to play off of history, which is obviously Batista, you know, uh, Ric Flair, like, all being part of Evolution. Like, it, it was just so well executed. Even the way they had the camera down the hall showing Batista dragging the other cameraman. Oh, so good. Uh, so good. You know, the fact the fact that we never saw Rick in front of the live crowd, that we always saw was him coming out of limo. So it's like, you know, it's like Batista truly did crash the party because we didn't even get Rick to come out and do a shtick. He, you know, he didn't even make it through the curtain. Like, it, every element of it was 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 just really well executed. Um, and again, obviously, WWE had this plan for weeks. It seems to be obviously what they had going the whole time. And, that, and that's really... You know, we we oftentimes I think you know miss that. I think we miss um, you know too too often things are just week to week to week. But this was this was just a well done, well kept secret. It wasn't like it was out there that okay we know it's this is a setting the return for Batista. I mean I, I had seen people speculate like you know I mean I, I see so many tweets in, in weeks. I, I had seen people say oh maybe Becky's gonna crash it or maybe maybe Batista you know is there celebrating and then, and then he turns on triple you know but like nobody really really new and this wasn't all over the internet like this is what it's going to be so it was really well done by everybody now does this mean we see bad guy animal off the leash batista versus baby face dad of nxt triple h is that the story we're going to get here that is and so that's a great conversation and i and I, i noted this last night on twitter so from the story obviously how they did things last night obviously yeah that works and i know that batista you know, I think I think everybody agrees Batista's just better as a heel, and I think he prefers to be a heel. Yeah. Agreed. But that but that said, yeah, you have Triple H. You know, Triple H in his, his own right, he makes a really good heel. The the, the hard the, the weirdest thing I think about this is that um, rarely does WWE have the Hollywood celebrity, and you know, Batista is that 
Um, rarely do they have the Hollywood celebrity be portrayed as the bad guy. I'm not saying that I dislike them changing things up here, and I'm and I'm very interested to see how they how this develops. But it is a little bit odd that you when you know because you're using Batista to try to draw from the mainstream crowd, and and he's and I'm not a and from my best of my understanding, I don't I haven't watched his movies, but best of my understanding, he has a very funny kind of charismatic, likable character. You've never seen Guardians with, of the Galaxy. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not really into that stuff. But I mean, no, no, no offense to anybody who is. It's just not my cup of tea. No, that's fine. Uh, I'm not really into the Marvel stuff either. But I saw, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. That's you should see that, Justin. Well, maybe I will. I've heard yeah. so much praise about him. But you know, but because of that, you know, there's all this praise. It, that is a little odd that he's going to be playing the heel. Uh, again, I'm all for seeing how how they do this. But that did throw me a little bit. I wasn't necessarily. I, you know, when we saw this match get teased back in October, I certainly thought, obviously, and it would be okay, babyface Batista versus. You know, triple H, heel Triple H, who's threatened still by Batista. Um, so again, element of surprise. They they switched it up on us, which again, not a bad thing. I'm just very curious to see how they uh, take this week to week now. It's just weird, right? Because I do think you're going to see a, a flip here, which is weird because the last time they brought Batista back as a babyface, everybody wanted to boo him. This time they're bringing him back. They're like, oh, we're not going to get it wrong this time. We'll make him boo him. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Uh, but uh, I think it's interesting because, you know, I brought up Becky earlier. Becky was, uh, quote unquote, arrested on Monday Night Raw, right? And, um, you know, then Rhonda had that big segment with Steph where she was like, this title is worthless. And did, I guess Rhonda, like, did she relinquish the title last night on Raw? I don't really know what happened with the belt last night. I think I saw something this morning. You might have to, I don't have a computer in front of me. You might have to double check this. Okay. Um, I think the women's title is, I think it's listed as vacant now on the website. Double check that, but I think they do have the vacancy thing up. Okay. All right. That's fine. Uh, I'll, I'll double check it. I mean, that's the impression I got was that Rhonda had vacated it because she didn't feel like it was being respected by Stephanie McMahon. So Steph is like in the, in the heel role here. Triple H is not innocent in that conversation either. So you're going to have Becky Lynch coming out, the hottest baby face in the company railing against bad guy, Triple H and Stephanie and Batista Hottest bad guy in the company, I'll murder an old man coming out and ragging against the good guys, the authority. I don't get it. It's very, it's, <laughs> it's very weird. It's very weird, you know? It It, it is. And, and this is where, um, you know, I think, I think Steph, I think Steph, um, I, I think she's a really good performer on camera. You know, she just, I, she really, she just, she, she definitely inherited that from, from Vince when Vince is at his best. But it, it is odd because they, they constantly flip the switch on and off of whether or not it's Steph McMahon the heel authority figure that you're supposed to hate or whether it's Steph, you know, the, the, the powerful, the empowering female executive ambassador, you know, they, they, and like they did it last night, you know, she was the, the heel who wouldn't grant the match for Rhonda, but then she comes out and she's the, you know, wonderful smiling, you know, daughter of Vince McMahon, you know, Stephanie McMahon, who's, you know, grown up around Ric Flair, you know what I mean? It's like they, they, they definitely flip the switch on and off throughout the show and just expect you to kind of follow when she's being character or when she's supposedly being real life person, which that could be confusing. Yeah. Look, you know, this will be a fun one to track here. Um, well, anyway, well, we got, uh, we got a lot more to get to here, so I'll push us along. Uh, other things coming out of last night, uh, Sasha and Bailey versus Tamina and Nia Jax at set for fast lane for the women's tag titles. Uh, and uh, according to our own wrestling Inc, uh, we, uh, we've confirmed that James storm was backstage last night in the, in Atlanta where I think he may be from the area. So, I don't know how much there was to him being back there, but interesting to note. Uh, let's get to another big story uh, that closed out last week. Uh, a couple big stories that closed out last week. First of all, Pro Wrestling Sheet was the first report uh, that Arn Anderson had been released by WWE. The Observer 
uh, reports on that that this has resulted after continued conflicts with Vince McMahon. Um, apparently something happened at a house show where Arn uh, took the heat and was then released. Uh, he's said to be very well liked by Triple H and John Cena to the point that if Cena was around, there's a chance that he probably would not have been fired. Uh, and uh, the, the Meltzer's quick to note, you know, there could be interest in Arn working as a producer for AEW, which I will note in the Cody interview here in a little bit. Cody does talk a bit about Arn. Uh, Arn's release had been announced maybe an hour before we did, or not announced, but reported about an hour before I interviewed Cody. Um, very, I mean, I don't know, Justin, I know we've talked off the show about this story a bit here. Very surprising Arn's gone, but also kind of not that surprising. He's, you know, he's a wrestler's wrestler, and in WWE gets more corporate by the year, you know? Yeah, he, I mean, he's definitely still, I think, always kind of looked at as one of the boys in a certain way, which that can, you know, sometimes maybe be a problem if you are, you know, being told that you're, you know, you need to be, you know, you need to be an, an authoritative office figure. Um, you know, he did, yeah, I, I believe he did run, you know, a lot of the house shows that he'd be at, he would, he'd be the showrunner. Right. Um, the, the thing to look at this is that, I mean, <clears throat> especially with what you said, uh, or what, what you're noting from the report, which is, you know, he was well-liked by some powerful people, um, is, you know, maybe there's a chance that he gets to come back. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, if, I mean, Finley had an issue with something, a decision that he made at a house show years ago, which I think ultimately got him fired. And then, of course, he you know came back. So, you know, obviously guys have gotten fired before by Vince and Vince is, you know, you know, willing to willing to, you know, mend the bridge and bring it back. The only bad thing in this situation for Arn is that uh, they have no shortage of producers and agents now. I mean, they just have this huge influx of all the people they've hired and that are now new backstage, you know, kind of some new, new blood, new, 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 new voices. So I, I wonder if the room is now a little bit too crowded, you know, that's going to hurt his chances to come back in X amount of months or next year or something. So, or if, if he even does, maybe he was ready to be done. I mean, he's been on the road with them since, since Vince bought WCW, I believe. So maybe he was ready for, maybe this is kind of a little bit of a blessing in disguise for him. I'm not sure. Yeah. If you were involved in impact and impact wrestling in 2015, you might be a producer for WWE right now. That's a good, that's a quasi Jeff Fox really joke. Um, the, uh, yeah, you know, and, uh, with the Arn leaving here, like you said, there's been some movement around backstage. Uh, PW insider reporting. Steve Carino has moved into a backstage agent role for WWE. Now, Steve had been working down at developmental, it was pretty known that he was a coach down at NXT. Um, he's taking Jamie Noble's position. Apparently, Noble is going to be moving on to focus on other WWE responsibilities. Uh, Carino has already been in this new role for several weeks, and he's working on booking and uh, the production aspects of Raw and SmackDown live events. So like you noted, with Arn, right, he was working on the live events quite a bit here. According to this report here, it seems like Steve Carino was already kind of working in that area as well and you know maybe you're right maybe it was just one more one one more cook in the kitchen and you know there's just too many yeah and, and, and it's just it's like it's no different than any other corporate world and this is, i'm just speculating here but it's no different than any other corporate, corporate world in the sense of you know art had been around for so many years so naturally you you you, you assume uh, that perhaps that, you know that he well his pay scale continued to go up. He continued to rise in the ranks and pay, you know, yeah. for having his tenure. True. And it's it's and just like any other corporate world, eventually somebody gets to the point where they've maxed out to where you don't want to pay them anymore, and you find somebody that you think is younger and can maybe bring some fresh perspective to the job and who is cheaper. And so, uh, just speculating that some of these guys that have, that are now starting in the, in this backstage role aren't getting the money. They you know they haven't worked up to the pay bracket that Arn had. So it's just a natural move of of, of business. I mean, so um, again, you know. Uh, Hopefully, Arn's in a good place. Whatever it is, hopefully he's right. uh, ho hopefully financially he's fine, and hopefully he's, you know, sp his spirits aren't completely dashed. 
Uh, but it's just it's just business, I guess. Yeah, and uh, like I said, you know, uh, Cody does comment on the potential of Arn Anderson working uh, with AEW here, so I won't spoil the interview. Uh, but it is addressed, and we'll go straight to the the horse's mouth for that one. Um, I would, you know, I'll just leave it at that. Um, Steve Carino. Before we just gloss over, like these people are all just chess pieces on the board. Steve Carino, very very talented, years decades of experience in the business, wonderful backstage agent. I mean, these guys are moving so quickly here; it's easy to kind of just look at them like you know uh, pogs in the machine or whatever i don't think that's the right word cogs no i don't think so (laughs) cogs cogs in the machine that's the word i was not pogs jesus child of the 90s i would say pogs are those 90s things you'd slam right (laughs) on the the slammer slammers you would slam pogs you would stack anyway different conversation (laughs) but uh steve yeah steve carino uh, not just another cog in the machine uh he's worked out very well down at developmental and uh, i'm sure he'll be great in this role as well uh, same to Jamie Noble, who has uh, been a stalwart backstage for a while now in WWE. And with that, somebody else joining backstage in WWE, a big one. PW Insider uh, was the first to report here. Bruce Pritchard is returning to WWE to join the creative team. Now, apparently, uh, according to the report, Bruce began his tenure this past Monday night on Raw. Uh, Wrestling Observer is reporting that uh, Bruce is going to be working pretty much as Vince's right-hand man. Uh, he's been there working as an agent since January part-time. The idea to bring him on full-time was brought up sometime early next week, finalized this past Friday after the idea of bringing Bruce on full-time was brought up to the creative team. Very warm response to the idea. So Bruce Pritchard now definitively by the side of Vince during, uh, during shows. Uh, Conrad, I reached out to Conrad. I said, Conrad, I'm getting a lot of questions. What's going to be happening with your podcast? Uh, he wouldn't give me a concrete update on the future of the podcast, but he has told me, that their live show commitments will happen no matter what. They've got shows between now and April 8th, I think, down in Brooklyn. So you can go check that out online and go get tickets while you can. These may be the last something to wrestles ever. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but I find it a little difficult to believe that Bruce would be able to juggle this and, and doing the podcast at the same time. Maybe that's just me. Um, but, Justin, what do you think about uh, the hiring of Bruce here? Uh, and uh, did you notice? I mean, Rod, Rod did feel a little different to me, you know? It did. Uh, first off, I think, uh, you know, I, I reached out to him and, and said congratulations to him um, this past weekend. Um, Bruce is a great guy. I, I mean, I got, I've gotten to work with him a little bit. I got to work with him back this, this past summer, hosted uh, him and Conrad's live event they did here in Pittsburgh. I helped him book that and put that together. And uh, just great people, very talented. I, the, the success they've had with the podcast is, is tremendous. Um, <clears throat> but this is, I think this is a good move by WWE. You know, what, what, I'll put it this way. What does WWE have to lose? They really have nothing to lose. If, 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 if they bring them on and for some reason it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. And, you know, we probably wasn't going to make things any, 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 you know, probably wasn't going to hurt anything. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is going to work out um, very interestingly, but positively. Um, it did have a little bit of a, of a different feel last night. I mean, I stress to people, while it's great to give some credit to Bruce, I mean, obviously, you know, that, you know, you know it was his first night, so. You know, we'll, we'll see how quickly he can get his hands on things and, and uh, what have you. I mean, he's a guy who had a lot of success, was around for a lot of years at WWE, through a lot of different uh, eras of WWE. Um, he knows how to communicate with Vince, which that's probably a special skill in and of itself. Um, the only thing I will say, and it's kind of the, the one thing that I guess we say negative, is <clears throat> Bruce is going to have to deal with kind of what, what Road Dog has to deal with. And that is, and that's, and I'm talking, dealing with, in in, in respect to the um, the fans, the very cynical, outspoken fans these days. Right. Which is, Bruce is one of the most, just like Road Dog, one of the most recognizable guys that everybody is now aware of, who is who has creative input. Um, you know, a lot of the writers, you know, 
most wrestling fans wouldn't know if they were sitting down to them, sitting next to them on the train. You know, most of the writers are are guys that aren't that well known, but Road Dog and now Bruce Pritchard are. And so um, that comes with, you know, oh, this Raw was really good. Bruce is really making a change. Um, but it also comes with if, whenever something bad happens. Oh, Bruce Pritchard, he's out of touch. Oh, Road Dog's out of touch. Fire, you know, fire Road Dog, fire Bruce. So that's that's the one. That's the only bad thing about being this recognizable. And, and but you know, but Bruce has been so popular because of his podcast these last couple of years, uh, largely with that diehard, very vocal crowd. Um, that it's a positive PR move, I think, by and large, by WWE to bring him on. And certainly, WWE needs some positive PR right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I agree with all that really wonderful story for Bruce uh, from where he was a couple years ago to where he is now. Um, it'll probably make for a great book one day, I would think, which is funny considering that he's writing many books every week there with uh, Conrad on his show. Uh, but very transitive time. We just talked about a lot of backstage people uh, moving, leaving, move, uh, transitioning. A couple of the wrestlers on Friday, it was announced, are officially leaving. Ty Dillinger, his announce was uh, confirmed. His 90-day non-compete, like all of these guys, I guess, uh, would apparently come up two days before Double or Nothing. Uh, also released on Friday, uh, Hideo Itami, who will be returning to the uh, Independence or overseas as Kenta. Uh, and WWE announced the release of TJP. Now, unlike the other two, according to PW Insider, uh, TJP did not ask for and was granted his release. Uh, Observer is saying this release was said to be for disciplinary reasons. Uh, TJP put over the company on Twitter saying that, you know, they allowed him to work at the place he'd always watched growing up. He shared a tweet quoting New Japan's Antonio Inoki on Twitter. Uh, it's noted that he began training in New Japan's dojo in 2003. Um, he also worked for Impact. I believe he was suicide. Was he not an Impact? I think you're correct, yeah. Y- yeah. So, you know, he's he's got roots at other promotions as well, but still very young. Um, I don't know, just just interesting to note that his was a little different. Any, any Anything you think about uh, any of these three releases here, Justin? Well, good for the first two of getting the release that they wanted. Obviously, they, as we've talked about, both of them in the past weeks, you know, they, they wanted to get out of there. So good for them that WWE did, in fact, you know, grant them that. And, you know, interestingly enough, with Double or Nothing, they potentially could be part of it in the Battle Royal or whatever else. Um, for TJP, you know, I don't know the guy. I've never had an interaction with him, so this is just completely, this is no judge directly to him of my experience. But I had heard over the time that he had been there that he, for lack of a better term, was a pain in the ass to people, to some people. So, um, so I, you know, yeah, I, I, maybe again, maybe they were just kind of waiting for another, you know, one more reason just to, you know, maybe they're just waiting to do this. They they're ready to do it. So kind of kind of surprised. First ever, or, or you're not not first ever, but the first of the new era cruiserweight champions. Uh, you know, they had a lot of stock and yeah. they had a lot of stock in this guy at some point, you know, just surprising. They did. They did. Um, and, and then, you know, yeah, they did. But you know, like you said, he, he, he's he's got roots other places. I'm sure that he will. Uh, I'm sure he'll have no trouble picking up and getting work uh, elsewhere. Um, but uh, not I, when I saw the release announced, I was not really that surprised. That kind of initially thought what I just said and then. As a, as a reporter now coming out from other places, that seems to be you know, what it was. So. Uh, well, I asked Cody about the tie uh, release as well. So that's another tease for the interview here in a little bit. Uh, at WrestleVotes, uh, they got on uh, in the Twitter sphere this uh, past weekend, and they said, there is some truth to the rumors that Kevin Owens could challenge Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, though the situation is still fluid and nothing is set in stone for the WWE title, especially now that apparently since Kofi Kingston has so much momentum, it's shaken things up booking-wise, and it would not be surprising to see a Kofi versus Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania. Now, for me, this writes itself. I don't know how you need to overcomplicate this, right? Kevin Owens costs Kofi Kingston his match at Fastlane. 
Uh, no automatic rematches. You find a way to make this a triple threat at WrestleMania. I mean, that's just me. How about you, Justin? Eh, I don't like that idea. Um, one, we're already focusing on what we think would be the triple threat for the women for a title match. Um, two, uh, I don't. I, don't, I just I don't think you need that. I, I think it's either either Daniel Bryan finds some way to weasel his way uh, for a win at Fastlane, screwing Kobe Kingston, whether it's Eric Rowan, whether it's something, whatever could create a finish, Bruce can come up with along the fence. Yeah. Um, um, and then and then that gets Kofi one more shot at Mania, and maybe, maybe he overcomes the odds. I don't know. Uh, or you just do one and done with Kofi and Bryan at, at Fastlane, and then move on with this, whatever this they have conjured up with Kevin Owens. I really don't want to mesh the two stories. It's just, I mean, if you're going to do one or the other, I would go Kofi because right now I feel like you got to reward the fans with one organic thing that they've gotten behind, right? Just to give them hope that, they're, that the people in the back are listening. And right now, Kofi Kingston is that guy. I mean, Becky is too, but the whole the whole thing with Becky is just getting weird to me. It's not... It's not a it's not a straight line like I thought it may have been, uh, but with Kofi there is a chance there I think to see this through and give him that moment at WrestleMania and give the fans uh, the conclusion they really want. You know, I, I agree. If if well, I agree. I would rather see Kofi versus Brian uh, at Mania than the, the Kevin Owens scenario. But at the same point, I ask you this, Nick: if if they if they truly don't want to put the title on Kofi, though, I mean, like. You really want to see them like I mean, so you only want to see Kofi versus Daniel Bryan at Mania if Kofi's definitely winning the title. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and Bryan could take it back. You know, I mean, Bryan's convincing heel, but I definitely I get the vibe that Daniel Bryan right now is looking to make some guys that can work with him and hang at his level. You know what I mean? Sure. And, sure. Uh, and yeah. just I by, mean, yeah. By the talent he's picking and he's working with right now, I, I think I don't I don't think it was originally supposed to be Kofi, but I think that you know something in the back of his head was like, what if we didn't put the title on on Ali here? for a couple months and then I take it back. And now with this guy's a little bit shinier than he was before I worked with him. I don't know, but that's the vibe I'm getting from him right now. You know? Yeah, I get the vibe too. I, I mean, I'd be all for it. I, I'd be all for it with Kofi and uh, certainly it would add even more credibility to what's already an impressive uh, legacy that new day has obviously it would cap off Kofi's veteran career that he's had for over a decade with WWE. So yeah, I'd be all for it. And certainly it, it does help make, it, it would, it would, it, it, I mean, Kofi's already gotten himself it, it now seems like elevated in, into another league, but that would help solidify Kofi as okay, he is a, a main event guy. Um, and so now you have just um, enriched your roster a little bit better. You've now made your roster better, and they're going to have the shakeup draft a few weeks after. So, you know, you, you've just, you, you, yeah, you've built credibility into one more person who you know can go. So now you have another person who's deemed main event caliber. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it, but. Um, it, but if they have any, if they have any hesitation with it, then he might as well just, you know, if, if I don't want, I don't want them to go and I don't want them to make Kofi versus Brian for the mania match and then still deciding the week of whether Kofi's taking it or not. If, if, if you're going to make the match, make sure you know that he's winning it and that's what it is. Yeah, have a fun ride to the top, right? You could throw some stuff, you know, you get screwed over at fast lane or something, you know, there's you, Eric Rowan's in the corner and him and Big E are always, you know, taking each other out. You know, whatever, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can you can find obstacles and, and hurdles to, to make the, the chase to WrestleMania real fun here for Kofi and Daniel and then give the people that that big moment that I think they really want. That's that's me. I, I would it get that. overshadowed, though, would would because I mean, again, we're all kind of operating on that Becky Lynch is going to, you know, this is going to be Becky Lynch's WrestleMania, that, that, that the show is going to end with her winning. I think that's mm -hmm. what we all kind of hope and what we think is going to happen. Would it be overshadowed if 
three hours earlier in the marathon that is WrestleMania, Kofi wins. Does it get overshadowed at all? Like you forget about it? I mean, because you know, they're basically like like you pointed out earlier, they're basically almost two simultaneous stories of two just organic baby faces from the crowd. I mean, so would it get overshadowed or would it actually play poetic justice? Well, you're right that they are both kind of organic baby faces here, but with Becky, the story's way different. You know, like the way they're handling this thing whole. I mean, it's just it's a more confusing story for me to follow, right? I think with Kofi, it would feel different. I, I don't I don't think that Kofi and Daniel would mind going earlier and, and doing the doing the deed of, of getting the crowd warmed up for the ladies to, to close the show or the women to close the show. I, I, I don't see an issue with it. Yeah, what what a great what a great opening match that would be. I've always said, you know, it's as starting the event is as important as how you end it. And I, I mean what a what a way that would be to have Dude, that be the first match and, of the night. And Kofi takes the title and then New Day parties the entire WrestleMania with the world title backstage, Justin. Yeah. It would set the tone for, you know, what you know, it will set the tone for the night. That's for sure. Yeah, it puts pressure on Seth. Man, Kofi was able to do it. You know, uh, food for thought. I, I dig it. Uh, Busted Open Radio had Rebby Hardy on uh, this past week. Rebby revealed that Matt Hardy's contract is coming up in March. Matt clarified on Twitter. Uh, he said, my contract's up in 11 days. I did the math. That looks to be March 3rd. Uh, Rebby also said he's rehabilitating his back and hip during the interview. And then Matt on Twitter said uh, he would definitely feel safe outside the walls of uh, WWE, a.k.a. Alexandria, which is a Walking Dead reference for those of you uh, who read that tweet. So um, Matt Hardy could be a free agent here come March, th- March 3rd. I mean, not. it feels like just yesterday this guy was tearing it up with the Young Bucks on the independent scene. What do you? What's your pulse say here on Matt? I yeah, what what's your pulse say on Matt? And then I'll get to my stuff here. Um, I think Matt is. I think that he's certainly comfortable. I think I think what he tweeted. I think I think he does not. He's accomplished everything he's going to accomplish in WWE. Um, I think he also sees that the that the roster. You know, I mean, not that not that not that he's the because Matt Hardy can still go, but you know, he's you know he's not going to come back and be a you know a main event priority to them or anything like that. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I could see Matt truly being, you know, if they if they can offer him the right deal, that makes sense. Uh, I know that you know his body is getting, you know, his body, you know, he has been trying to rehab his body. Um, you know, kids are getting older. I know he wants to be home some. So, I think that he, if, if, if the right deal's there, he'll take it, especially even if it means some capacity that he's again transitioning, um, you know, less and less in the ring and, and and contributing behind the scenes if he feels like that's what he wants to do. But I think he also he's a smart guy. He's a visionary. I think he also sees. The, the landscape that we keep talking about that it, that it's that it's such an exciting time and and that he could possibly offer something elsewhere so I really I truly don't um I truly don't have a firm guess to say that come March 4th what he will do I mean I, I think I think really everything is possible right now and I think he's in such a free spirit open anything anything's possible kind of mode right now I, I just think it's a it's worth noting right more of his friends are, are in positions of power right now right hurricanes back there you know he was close to the abyss I know Trevor Lee is now down at NXT um Jeff is still looked at in like a main event type capacity over on Smackdown I just I, I think there's a lot there for Matt it's a very it's a very safe space for Matt Hardy in WWE right now to make the leap and go to AEW. I mean, it would be, it would be very big, I guess, if he's very passionate about wrestling and having some creative freedom, maybe that's the right choice, but he's got such a network right now in WWE. I, I find it hard to believe he'd leave right now. Yeah, he does. He has a great network and, 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 he, and he's getting, you know, at least in this current contract is about to expire. He got paid very well. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, if, if I had to bet, if you, if, if I had to like put down 20 bucks on the table right now and, and say, make a decision, I would say that I, I would, I put the money towards that he will remain with WB in some capacity. 
Um, but I just I think that he's at a spot right now where again he does you know he's he's good financially. Um, you know, and I think he's all, I think he's open to you know listening to whatever would make sense. All right, a uh, couple more things here. PWInsider.com reporting Noam Dar is moving back to the UK to become a full time member of the WWE UK NXT roster. Um, if that's the best move for him, oh sorry, there's like a police car running outside my apartment right now. Oh, I hope somebody's all right. Uh, uh, Noam Dar uh, moving back to the UK to become a full time member of the UK NXT roster. Uh, good for him. He hasn't really been used much on TV. Um, I hope this is a, a good move for him. Uh, at Russell Votes is reporting Taz and the Honky Tonk Man are now rumored for the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, Honky, more so a lock, I guess, while Taz is still up in the air. I mean, they're going to be in New York. Taz is a New York guy. This would make a lot of sense here. Uh, do either of these, Taz or Honky Tonk, really grip you, Justin? I mean, I have I, both have uh, both have good careers. Um, I you know I, I I'd probably be more interested in a Taz speech. I mean, I, then I am Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man deserves it. You know, obviously his his IC title reign was you know was one of the best. Um, I'm not a big fan of him personally. I'll just leave it at that. But um, yeah, but I but I've heard the same thing. Honky Tonk Man seems like he's a lock. Taz, not sure. So we'll see. Um, a PW Insider reporting that Sunny, aka Tam, or Tammy Cinch, aka Sunny, was arrested again this past weekend in New Jersey. She's still being held, to the best of my knowledge. It was a DWI. Sending my best out to her and those around her. Very sad story, Justin. Uh, really wish this would go away. It's like her and Scott Hall are the two that, that never seem to be able to shake these bad habits, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's um, it, it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> the, 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 the repetitiveness of the same headline with her. Um, StarCast LLC, uh, a.k.a. Conrad, has, uh, according to PW Insider, and they were the first reporter, but you can find it online. StarCast has filed for Dead Man Talking, the trademark for Dead Man Talking. It does not explicitly say in the filing it's for podcasts, but that's a damn fine name for a podcast. And uh, Undertaker does not do a lot of interviews. And with Bruce going to WWE, who who knows if he's going to have the time or if they would let him talk so candidly as he has been for, for a couple years now. Um, Undertaker's moving out of the ring. There is a whole treasure chest of stories right there, I would think, for Conrad to dive into and get back to, you know, some kind of insider WWE type type format that he's got going with Bruce. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if, if something to wrestle with podcast is going to end, which I'd imagine, just my guess, it might, because, again, Bruce is going to be, commit, you know, so busy with WWE. Obviously, that's, you know, no more, again, for the time being, live events or, or advertisements in the podcast. That, that's, a, that's a revenue stream uh, for Conrad and, 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 and such that, that would – you know, disappear. And again, I'm guessing, I'm, I don't know if they this for sure, but I'm guessing. Right. So what a way to supplement <laughs> and replace that revenue stream. If you could get the most protected character, um, in the history of pro wrestling, uh, to, to, to do, uh, to do a, to, to do a, do that type of format, uh, podcast, that would be, that would, that would probably, that would probably, I'd have to imagine, uh, even though podcast numbers aren't public, that probably have to surpass, Stone Cold, something to wrestle with, Bischoff, any anybody of real note that's on a podcast or is doing a podcast, I'd have to think that that a dead man talking with the Undertaker, if he was truly um, opening up, that would probably uh, take the top for for all time numbers. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we we shall see. And very interesting trademark there, and it's 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 possible he could just be using this for like live events. You know, maybe they're going to do a Starcast panel and they need to to you know figure out a, a name for it, but. 
just a very interesting name, Dead Man Talking. Um, and lastly, here from PW Insider, uh, well, and you too, Justin. WrestleMania, you you reported this before them. WrestleMania 36 likely to be held in Tampa. Uh, you, uh, they reported this like over the weekend, but you tweeted about this on like February 3rd. I mean, how long have you known that they're eyeing Tampa as their next spot for WrestleMania? I can't remember precisely, but obviously at least back to February 3rd. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't even, it, 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 I didn't even really, um, it's one of those things. I didn't, I just tweeted it answer. I think I was answering somebody's question. I didn't, I wasn't even like, I didn't even like say, I wasn't making even a thing about it. I just answered it kind of like, I was probably like on my phone, like walking somewhere and was answering questions and just said it. Um, I didn't even like really <laughs> drum up the publicity around it, which bad on me, I guess. I'm usually a good <laughs> self-promoter to, uh, <laughs> so uh, I was having an off day. <laughs> yeah. And then Raj had called me yesterday actually and goes, did you tweet, did you tweet about this like a while ago? Cause I guess somebody had told him I did and, I was like, yeah, I think so, actually. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Tampa, Tampa is where it's going to be. So, what is it, four times in 12 years in Florida? I got that call from Raj, too. Raj was like, they're saying Tampa, but I think Justin said Tampa back on the third. Did you see that? And I was like, I didn't, but I would believe that because you've been responsible for breaking the city location for WrestleManias in the past, have you not? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, 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 I've been pretty clued in, so I don't know if I'm the one that's broken, but I've been pretty clued in. Yeah. Okay. I just remember a certain person in WWE PR one time telling me that they did not appreciate you telling people where they're holding WrestleManias. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, you, you never told me that. I'll tell you off the air. I don't want to like get into that, <laughs> but I've definitely been told by someone there. They were like, yeah, you know, we like to do press releases and stuff. And like, <laughs> we really did not appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, see for all for all those people for all the 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 fans out there that think I'm a kiss ass in WWE's pocket. See, I do piss them off. <laughs> yes, I did hear that one uh, before about you. All right. Um. Well, I guess we're going to Tampa then next year. Woo! And Raj has already told me he wants to do a big wrestling ink party next year, and I'm responsible for going and finding a bar or something like that. So we're gonna get going on that as well. Um. All right. Uh. Two more things here. Wrestling Inc. Uh, we confirmed. I confirmed. Two stories back-to-back yesterday today. Impact Wrestling has re-signed Sammy Callahan and Falaba for multi-year deals. Uh, you can go find more about that on the site. Hoping to get an interview with both of them here in the next week or so to talk about their future plans for Impact over the coming years. And uh, finally here, uh, a little AEW news before the Cody Rhodes interview. Virtually all of the AEW trademarks have been challenged by the USPTO, uh, the government agency that keeps track of trademarks and applications for trademarks. Uh, they have six months to respond. The factors for why these trademarks were challenged um, mostly look like the broad use of terms uh, like wrestling or like in the phrase Tuesday Night Dynamite. They're like, well, you can't trademark Tuesday night because that's just a thing, right? And so anyway, a lot of legalese. Uh, there's a great <laughs> de- deep dive in the site uh, over on Wrestling Inc. all about these trademark issues. I encourage you to check it out. And on that, let's get to it here. Big interview this week. I welcome to the show, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Cody, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here on The Winkley. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm I'm glad to do it. I am glad to do it. I appreciate that. Now, before we get into all the AEW talk, I want to ask you, first of all, you know, uh, let's get the injury update. How are you doing? How is recovery going from surgery for you right now? So the knee is a uh, weight bearing, uh, you know, then it was weight bearing right after surgery. I had a meniscal scope where they just dig out the cartilage. So that's the pain and the swelling and the recovery is based on how much digging they did in there which they did a lot because there was a, a little more damage than they anticipated but uh 
I don't have to wrestle until May. So I could this couldn't have happened. This is the first time I've ever gone under the knife. So I, I I'm I'm lucky I have this time. I I don't like the crutches they gave me and I fell at the office yesterday. So mm. I, I've been humbled by my own body. I've been humbled. Oh. But uh but it's going well. So what you guys have so your offices, are you based out of Jacksonville? Is there like a wrestling office that you go to each day? So my office is uh is in Atlanta. Uh, but the office uh for all elite wrestling is still T B T. Um because we don't know where, you know, there it there may never be one because the four executive vice presidents are are all over the place and in two thousand nineteen you may not need everyone to be in the same room. We we talk every day. Um but yeah, my office is uh is in Atlanta here, not far from where I live. So it's, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of the makeshift current AEW office actually, because that's the only business that gets done in there. So yeah, maybe they'll just, maybe they'll just adopt my place. I mean, it's a good idea. Let them come to you, Cody. Right. That's always good attitude. Um, you know, well, you... it's very, ni- it's a very nice place. So I do encourage them, you know, like that's where, uh, me and the AEW coordinator, Mike, that's where all the road to double or nothing, uh, videos are filmed. And, uh, you know, so I encourage them to come to me. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, let's talk about double or nothing here real quick. You guys sold out in like four minutes after all the pre-sales were done. You guys are like setting history rate making numbers here left and right. I mean, how does it feel for you to be yeah. inside that and see these numbers come back to you on a day-to-day basis? Well, uh, I actually felt a little bad because, I mean, I felt great about the sellout and the first ever same-day sellout in Vegas yeah. for wrestling ever, yep. but I actually felt a little bad because there's this soundbite of me the night before talking about the pre-sale code where I said, uh, and I can almost guarantee you'll all get tickets, and I was just excited, and I'm so glad I said almost. Because I did not anticipate I was getting the live box office updates from our market rep. And yeah. I did not anticipate 43,000 people signing in with a pre-sale code. So if we put that into a little bit of perspective, most fans don't just buy a single ticket. Um, and if you scrub out some of the maybe scalpers and you scrub out some of the troll accounts or the burners or whatever we call them, Still, let's say that was only 30,000. Again, most fans don't buy a single ticket. It just was really flattering and eye-opening. And uh, I think I think it's maybe, you know, something we're looking at in the future. Um, you know, we, we want to run within our means, um, but maybe our means are a little bit more than I yeah no that's that's kind of my follow-up question here is you know seeing i mean all in sold out in what less than half an hour we got double or nothing here in four minutes the numbers keep ticking down and the tickets keep going up i mean is this making you adjust your future plans are you looking for a bigger venue here in jacksonville for the follow-up show um because the jacksonville show uh has a, a strong charity element and Nobody at AEW is looking at the gate going, ah, we want, it's not about making money. It's about, um, you know, helping the the victims of gun violence and those affected by it. And that charity hopefully will be able to announce soon that partnership really. Uh, So that one, 
uh, I'm not sure if we're we're looking at. I think maybe more down the road. You know, to be frank, I have a couple site visits in the next few weeks that are our stadium. So it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. There's no promises. There's no contracts. Nothing like that. It's just you know me and my business partners checking out a few spots, and that would be really exciting. It really, I mean, that would be a dream come true, man. Um, to to have over forty thousand plus. You know, when you get between that forty to eighty range that a that a WrestleMania like event has, that a, a Super Bowl event like has. I know that's probably. I don't know if those are similar numbers, so forgive me. But uh, that's some special. But I know that we don't want to. Uh, we we really we really got to do this right. We've got to we've got to crawl before we walk, and we've got to walk before we run. And um, you've seen companies that have a lot of financial backing uh, take shots that they shouldn't take. So we're just you know trying trying to be careful. We. I think people think, oh, there's four wrestlers running this thing, and then just there's Tony. He's the only one, and I don't think they realize Tony has flanked his companies, all of his companies, with very smart people. Yeah. Uh, some of the people who have been on loan to us from the Jacksonville Jaguars are phenomenal and just top of their field. And the 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 money um, financial strategy, VP of financial strategy, that guy is not letting us spend any money that we that we don't have a right to. So it's, we're being very careful, very careful. Okay. And, and uh, you know, you talk about how you're, that's really cool to hear you're looking at stadiums. I will say Soldier Field here in Chicago, right up on the lake. It's beautiful. They can't run Mania here. It'd be way too cold. Just saying. Um, but how many shows do you guys think you'll be what, running in 2019? What, what? what month would you run Soldier Field in? Uh, me? Man, you know, right after the summer is usually pretty nice. You know, September, October area is usually beautiful out, out here in Chicago. You know, you were here for All In. That was when September was. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What was your next question? Thank you. Uh, my question was, how many how many shows do you think you guys could be uh, running here in 2019? What's your what's your over-under? Uh, 2019, it all, it all depends. There's, there's some... Uh, large variables that we're talking about and and uh the idea though i don't think i'm speaking too far out the idea though is this is a a full full company now its business model might be different from pro wrestling as as a whole but this is a full company so we'd like to run uh many shows you know and right now we, we have double or nothing on the books and we have uh, the, the Jacksonville show will follow, um, you know, sometime swiftly behind it. Other than that, I can't, I, I, I'd ruin, I'd ruin announcements that are, <laughs> that are yet to come if I said any more. Okay. Uh, do you want to give any update or talk about how, where you guys are in the process of landing a TV deal? That's one of the most buzziest things that we get traffic for on the site right now is, you know, where are you guys going to wind up on TV on the dial? So I, I, I can't necessarily, I can't talk about it, but I know that I was quoted as saying, not by you guys, I was quoted as saying a TV deal is not important. And I think I really, in the context I was speaking, was talking about how important social media and, and, and you know, do-it-yourself brands are compared to the traditional TV medium. But I also, you know, let, let's be serious, uh, major TV is, 
is a huge thing. Um, yeah. and it would be a, it would be a massive shift in the pro wrestling industry. Um, it would be a change the world like move. So I can't talk about, uh, any pitching TV deals. Um, you know, people, a lot of the information that's out there is very accurate about, about what we, what, what we're seeking to do and how frequently we're seeking to do it. But, uh, I don't want to discourage any future, any future partners. I can say that people have been really calculated about how we roll out announcements. We want to be proper. You know, we can't just say all, we can't just stand on the podium in Jacksonville and say, Hey, here's the entire business model. Here's all of our plans. Here's X amount of money. We can't do that. I know the business of the business is very entertaining, but I think if people, uh, put their trust in us like they have, we won't let them down. Uh, and well, you have it so far, and you talk about how you put your trust in the cons and the great team they've, they've put around you. Uh, I don't know how many of those people are wrestling people, but I do know that your first producer, your head coach, is Billy Gunn. Uh, talk to me about why you <laughs> – right? Yeah. No, I talked to Billy like last week or so. He's promoting yeah. his party. He's very nice. Uh, I know he's very well-liked, but why Billy? Why was he your, your cornerstone here of backstage wrestling people? That's a great question. I mean, Billy, Billy's accolades – you know, they really speak for themselves. Billy was also part of All In, and there was a lot of people at All In behind the scenes. Tommy Dreamer was another one. Yeah, There was a lot of people at All In that were really helpful in a sense that they gave us a bit of an old-school outlook, but they they were fully understanding of what the the product is now. We cannot go backwards. And some fans I understand if they love traditional wrestling, how it was done in the territories and, and, and that, um, I guess that old school psychology, I totally understand that. And all that footage and all that history is available to you to watch and love. But the stuff that is entertaining people today isn't necessarily that there's definitely things we can pluck from the past and use and put them out there. And the, you know, what's old is new. But Billy has that really like he's he's got a foot in both worlds. And when we look at our coaches and who who we might have as potential coaches, you know, because we're not going to flood the room or or bloat the budget with 40 coaches. It's going to be limited, Um, very limited. But when we look at those coaches, we want them to be understanding of what wrestling is today with the insight on what it was yesterday and combine both. Um, especially when you're trying to present a sports-centric pro wrestling show, which is the mission, um, and and trend trend towards you know sports itself. Yeah, you know, I I, uh, I haven't got it confirmed, but it does look like Arn Anderson is no longer with the WWE. Is he somebody you could see as maybe a, a coach uh, for AEW? You know, I don't, I, I can't say, I can't really speak to that only because. I don't know if that's confirmed or not, but that yeah. would really shock me. me um, yeah. If Arn would actually let go because Arn is responsible for every current top guy um, at the WWE. Seth Rollins, yes. Uh, John Cena, yes. Uh, Charlotte, yeah. Like, I, it's all Arn. So why the hell would that's like. That's some. That's wild. I can't. I think that might be. I'm waiting for somebody to debunk the story. Um, gosh, because Arn, man, I you know I put a post out about him earlier, just 
because I was feeling emotional. I'm an emotional guy, but you know, Arn is definitely not corporate. Um, and that's a compliment. You can't take wrestling people out of wrestling. You can't. Um, so hopefully it's not true. Um, he would be valuable anywhere he went, whether that was staying at WWE, uh, at the Performance Center, at an independent show with 20 people, uh, at New Japan Pro Wrestling, at Ring of Honor, at AEW, wherever he goes, uh, he'd be he'd be valuable. Yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah, again, I I actually I think I will have this confirmed one way or another tonight. So I'll tell you, uh, WatchWrestlingInc.com. I think I will have an update on that. Um, now, when I talked to Billy last week, though. Uh, I asked him about uh, scouting talent, what you guys are looking for. He said he's just kind of wrapping his mind around the idea of scouting talent. But I know you and the Bucks, you guys have been out yeah. there. Hangman, you guys scout talent. What do you look for right now when looking for talent for AEW? Well, one of the things I really like about Billy is that uh, he asked, uh, you know, he asked the the executive vice presidents all together, what what are we looking for? Yeah, and we were able we were able to say like, okay, this is this is what we're looking for. Everyone's looking for something different. You know, there's four of us. I know that shocks everybody, but I think it's a good thing. But for me, the, the number one thing I look for is a hard worker. You'd be surprised at how many fake wrestlers there are in wrestling. Guys that wrestle, you know, two weekends a month, then they go out with the boys and they think they're a rock star, but they're not. Wrestling is a, is a touring is a touring show. You should, you, you gotta be getting your reps in. You've got to be in front of an audience on a pretty regular basis to, to understand, Oh, they liked what I did. Uh, and they didn't like that. So I, that's the thing I look for most. And I'll give you an example of someone that you might look at and go, are you kidding me? Joey Janela. Yeah. Joey Janela is somebody that isn't, he's not Lex Luger uh, <laughs> in his appearance by any means, uh, but that doesn't matter. Uh, what matters to me about Joey is he's constantly trying to entertain his fans, his base. He's not trying to entertain everybody. He's trying to entertain his base. And he's trying to, he's just constantly thinking wrestling. That's how all the guys who are successful in wrestling are. They're doing their interviews in, in their mirror. They're doing interviews in their car. They're, 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 they're just constantly talking about it. And that's the thing, me, Matt, Nick, and Kenny, I feel like that's the thing that we love the most. How does this even work? We're able to just talk about what we love, and that involves you know, a wrestling ring and a live crowd. Um, so the biggest thing I look for, I can't speak to those guys, is hard workers, and I'm looking for hard workers who have not been oversaturated. I don't. I, I love folks that we've seen, but we can't just say, "Hey, X WWE, bam, here's a contract." We. It's more about the fresh. It's more about the individual who's not got the call yet that we can start, and they can grow up in our in, in our company and in front of people's eyes. That's really exciting, and that's a huge responsibility. We have a big responsibility to these guys. Yeah, so, yeah. I always thought it was ridiculous that if a part-time guy came in with WWE and he worked with another part-time guy, no, it's supposed to be, you're supposed to bring, bring him up, reach your hand down there and grab him, you know? And I know that's not always the case and I don't want to say anything negative about WWE for sure. But what I'm, what I'm getting at here is that the, the, that's a big responsibility is to build characters that engage with the audience and, that is the number one thing I'm most excited about is these young guys and girls that we can build. 
There's a guy uh, within the past hour. I know you don't want to uh, say, well, they're a WWE guy that gives them cachet, but uh, I, I think that you are sure. friendly with Ty Dillinger, and it was confirmed by WWE uh, about an hour ago. He has uh, been granted his release. His 90-day compete, non-compete clause looks like it would come up like two days before Double or Nothing. Um, you, you what? Wanna, yeah. <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit about your relationship with Ty? Isn't it? Yeah, I didn't know if you knew that or not. But uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your relationship with Ty? And, you know, is he somebody that is not just a WWE guy that you could see actually growing on the AEW roster if given the chance? Well, I have a lot of respect for Ty because that poor dude, when I got to OVW, I had about maybe three months of wrestling experience and was given a WWE contract solely because I was Dusty's son. Uh, and they slapped me with him as a tag partner. And he was just so technically sound and, and, and ahead of me. And he never, he never once looked at me as a, a new nuisance. He, he was able to, you know, disguise my weaknesses and accentuate my strengths. So I have a lot of, I mean, we're friends. Uh, and I have a lot of love and respect for him. And I have a lot of respect for how he departed by putting his statement out and 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 thanking WWE for their time. But, you know, he's an artist. There's, you can't put a dollar figure on, on, on how you play your music, man. You can't. Um, that's what fills our souls for the most part. There's plenty of guys that do it for the money, but there's way more guys who do it for that reaction when they're in the ring, that one night that it happens or, or if you can have it, have it happen on a regular basis. So I am, uh, if that's true, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him and I'll, I'll loan him whatever resources I have. Cause I did learn a lot in my independent run and my time with ring of honor and my time with new Japan. Uh, I'll definitely loan him whatever resources I have to help him, uh, help him on his way. Cause I know he loves the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two, two things. Thanks, sorry, quick, we just uh, we just have to wrap if that's okay. That's fine. I got. I'll do one last question then, uh, Cody, for you. Uh, this is kind of maybe a forward, yeah. uh, a long term thinking thing, but it's just something I wanted to ask you about because I haven't heard anybody else ask you about it. You know, you guys are growing so rapidly. You obviously have an investment in younger, upcoming talent. Do you have any interest in doing kind of an AEW training center or training program, kind of like WWE does at some point? Hmm. You know, I have access to a really good facility here in Atlanta. Another pitch, guys. <laughs> Another pitch for the offices to be near Cody's house. Um, <laughs> I have a, I have a really good facility that's uh, the One Fall Power Factory that um, that my, uh, you know, the AEW coordinator Mike, he he also is the coach there. I think I wouldn't. It would be a long shot to do a, a feeder system versus maybe. Um, maybe some sponsored trainees instead okay. um, where they could go for, to different schools because that to me was always people don't talk about how great OVW was near enough because we didn't have four rings and Shawn Michaels teaching us, but we also, we also weren't told we had to love wrestling. You learned to love wrestling. You found like-minded people to go to the gym with, um, you watched wrestling with your friends. You weren't, you know, you weren't having to do these kind of, I, I don't know. You weren't just checking boxes. Not that that's what they do, but that that's why I like the idea of maybe some sponsored trainees instead, you know, here's four guys 
Uh, and I know Matt Jackson uh, has talked about doing something similar with OWE in China about maybe a bit of a, you know, trainee uh, exchange. And that's something he can speak to. But yeah, I think maybe sponsored trainee is more than a full-time center. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Cool. Hey, Cody, I want to thank you very much for the time. Uh, I was at All In. I was in Jacksonville. I'll be in Vegas for Double or Nothing. You guys are doing great work. Thank, thank you for doing this work, Cody, and actually taking the shot. It means a lot to me, and I know the whole rest of the, the wrestling community. Is there anything else you want to leave everybody else uh, with here today on the show? No, man. I'm a wrestling I'm a wrestling fan myself, so I agree with you fully. I don't I, – uh, I appreciate you saying thank you, but uh, it doesn't work. No one's in the seats, and you guys have all – you guys have continued to fill the seats, so I'm just looking forward to Vegas. Thank you very much to Cody. Thank you, Justin, for coming on the show, and I promised a big AEW interview for tomorrow. That's right. We had Cody Rhodes here today. Tomorrow, I'm bringing on the bad boy, Joey Janela. Joey was only available to talk very late at night, and I think you'll hear that in my voice, but we had a great talk. He was wide awake. It was amazing. Very, very good uh, talk with uh, Joey Janela. Look forward to dropping that here on the show here uh, tomorrow. Uh, again, go back and find the si- Searching for Sister Abigail piece on the site. Just very happy with this one. Deep dive into the look of the what could have been with Sister Abigail and the current state of the Sister Abigail trademark. Uh, Justin, where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, support you, all those great things? I do want to say that <clears throat> that Sister Abigail piece is really good. I read it yesterday. It was really, really well done. Very interesting. Um, so I encourage people to check that out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, at Justin LaBar. My Twitter, and I, again, I remind you again, I'm doing a t- uh, we're going to be doing a tailgate outside MetLife Stadium, WrestleMania Day, 55 bucks. You can go register online. That gets you into the tailgate while we still have spots left. All you can eat, all you can drink. Um, really fun time. I mean, again, just a few steps away from the gate, so you are you already be there. Not to worry about you know fighting traffic last minute and what have you, but uh, and you can eat and drink for far cheaper than you would inside the stadium. So teaming up with Tailgate Joe, he's like a famous MetLife Stadium po- uh, tailgater. So. Go to tailgatejoe.com and get your tickets there, or I have a direct link off of my Twitter. Hope to see you there. Yeah, and I should uh, start to put over, if you're in Chicago, if you're just looking for a place in Chicago to watch it, I won't be there, but my friend Ross will be there, uh, Ross Berman, who always co-hosts with me, and I believe my girlfriend Liz is going to be there in my place, uh, hosting w- uh, in in my place, which will be a little odd, but you know, who, who, tons of fun, who knows? Um, she's not She's not coming to Mania with you? Dude, I'm going Wednesday to Wednesday. I'll be there all week, and um, she... She came to she came with me once or twice when I went to cover wrestling events and then was just like, you know, this isn't a vacation for me because you're always working and I feel like second fiddle. So now she just uses my work uh, vacations as a chance to just like do her thing back here in Chicago, you know. Good for her. Yeah, you know, it's it's fine. I am. I'm a maniac when I'm on when I'm out in the field. I'm very focused. It's it's uh it's just my place. Um and you can find me online. I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Great week ahead. Justin will be back tomorrow. Uh, I'll have Michael Weissman here on Thursday. Like I said, Joey Janela is tomorrow. I got another big one. I got, I'm, we're, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting backlogged on interviews again, so I don't want to say who will be Thursday. It'll be another good one on Thursday. Uh, we're going to have a great week here. Um, but an even better way to end today's show, we're going to play the audio from Roman Reigns last night on Monday Night Raw, announcing to the WWE Universe that he is now in remission from leukemia. Thank you very much for tuning in here, everybody. And remember, if you winked, He didn't miss it.
I'm probably going to say this a lot, but I'm going to start off by saying thank you. I miss y'all. I'm serious, I missed y'all. There is no other job like this. There's no other fan base like you guys. I'm ad-libbing a little bit here, but I used to say this was my yard, but this is our yard. And I've said this before, I'm a man of faith. I've always believed in God. I've always believed that he's favored me and looked out for me, but But I'm not gonna lie, before my announcement in October, I was terrified, y'all. I was scared. I was insecure. And I didn't really know if I wanted to share that secret with the world. I was scared to tell everybody because I didn't know how you would react. And thank you. By the time I got home, the outreach, I mean, between people texting me, calling me, tweeting me, Instagramming me, Facebooking me, if there was a way to get to me, y'all figured out how to do it. The amount of thoughts, the amount of blessings, the amount of prayers that you sent my way is completely overwhelming and God sent. Thank you so much. And I'm telling you, it, it wasn't just WWE fans. It, it was everyone. It felt like everyone who liked me, people who didn't like me, everybody was at my aid. Everybody was surrounding me with their love and support. I'm telling you, so many people prayed for me 
God's voicemail was full, you know what I mean? Like, he, to the max. And I think, I, I truly believe he was in his head thinking like, man, what is going on down there? What, all for this one guy, all these people? That was the magnitude, that is how strong it was to be surrounded by y'all's love and y'all's grace. And to be able to feel that, the strength that you gave me, I can do anything like that. I can do anything with that type of strength and love. that overwhelming support that you gave me, it gave me strength, it gave me new life, it gave me a new opportunity, and it gave me a new purpose. You see, here in WWE, a lot of your purpose as a young superstar is to win titles and to climb that mountain and to achieve the top and to put your flag in it, and that's still very important, but for me, the only thing that is important that I have the ability to step foot in this ring every single night. And if I can do that, I'm gonna use this platform, this giant WWE platform that is global and the whole world can see it. I'm gonna use it to raise awareness and I'm gonna use it to support those who are in need just like I was. Well, we advertise it as an update, so should we get to the update? So when I, named, when I made my announcement, I said that I was gonna swing for the fences. We did better than that, y'all. We didn't just swing for the fences, man. We hit a home run. So when I tell you this, I am so grateful, I'm so humbled, and I'm so honored to announce this. We'll get, we'll get to that later, we'll get to that later, yeah. Let's crawl before we walk and walk before we can run, but uh, the good news is I'm in remission, y'all.
So with that being said, the big dog is back! And just one last time, So before I go, I'm going to say it probably a whole bunch more times, but I'm going to say it one last time. Thank you so much, y'all. I love y'all. sentiments of the WWE Universe. This is your yard. Welcome back, Roman Reigns. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.